Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in partnership with We Are Guernsey and the Guernsey International Insurance Association and reflecting on 25 years of protected cell company legislation in the jurisdiction. The Protected Cell Companies Ordinance was legislated for in 1997 and at the end of 2021 there were 58 PCCs in the domicile containing 294 cells excluding those used for insurance linked securities and that's not to mention the incorporated cell companies which later evolved from PCCs. PCCs are used for a variety of reasons and business cases and over the next 20 minutes we will hear from three experts with different perspectives of working with these entities across the full spectrum of utilisation. I will be joined by Paul Sykes, Managing Director of Aon Insurance Managers Guernsey, Kate Storey, Partner at Walker's Law Firm and Regulator Caroline Bradley, Director of Authorisations and the Innovation Division at the Guernsey Financial Services Commission. And we'll start with explaining the background and context of how PCCs came to be in Guernsey. So, Paul, before the introduction of PCCs in 1997, informal renter captives or segregated cells were already being used in, in Guernsey. Can you briefly tell us a bit about how they worked? Yeah, that's right, Richard. The informal structure, known generally as renter captive, was really constructed around contractual relations. So everything was done contractually. The difference being, of course, with the with the PCC statute that that became subject to a statutory framework. So previously, and it was quite expensive to do the what's been referred to as the PCC prototype, um, the the legal structuring it was never tested. Perhaps that's fortunate, but uh, so uh, we don't know how robust it was. But I know from. Uh, uh, one of the previous users of the render captive structure that they did feel a certain sense, a sense of relief when the uh, when when the statutory framework was introduced and the PCC legislation came through in '97, um, because they'd been running render captives for about four years. Interestingly, quite a lot of continental Europe business was was being written in the render captives uh, originally, which is not something that uh, we'd expect to see as much today with uh, uh, European direct writing being quite uh, strictly the province of the the EU passport. But at the time, yeah, there were some European users of the cells. And of course, it was seen as a, uh, a perhaps a lower cost option and a lighter touch than a full captive insurance company. It was also, it wasn't just, if rent captors weren't just being used in Guernsey at the time, were they? They were being used in, in other uh, jurisdictions, particularly Bermuda and Cayman. That's right, yeah, they were. And, um, and, and it's fair to say, of course, that uh, Bermuda had, uh, with Fred Rice uh, at the time, led the way in captives. So this, this was something that uh, had been brought about in a number of uh, jurisdictions. And I re- remember uh, running a rent captive facility in Luxembourg too. So it wasn't strictly the, the problem of Guernsey but I think what Guernsey did do was spend quite, quite a lot of money sort of formalising the the structure um, and uh, and indeed Aon they set up White Rock originally around 1993 uh, Peter Walpole was the first chairman and managing director of that company uh, White Rock which was named after the, the uh, White Rock cafeteria I think where the discussion was first <laughs> held but uh, and so what I mean White Rock actually predated PCT legislation White Rock was a renter captive structure before uh, it was a PCC structure yeah that's right it had about half a dozen um, cells and uh, and cell users uh, so it had a, a ready-made client base 
before it converted in 1997. So, as you said, there were uh, rent captors already in existence and in use. What prompted the decision then to introduce uh, protected cell company legislation in Guernsey in 97, and, and what were the original kind of use cases or drivers for that? Yeah, I think it was just really that contracts are a little bit expensive and unwieldy, and there was no formalised bankruptcy remoteness between the cells. So that was um, really something that... Uh, was was deemed necessary in order to get greater take up uh, and the idea had had really been brought across from Cayman by Steve Butterworth the former director of insurance at the GFSC and he'd come across a, um, a group of North American foot doctors or podiatrists that wanted to uh, to have more formally segregated uh, uh, cells that meant that their business couldn't be contaminated by the performance of an, another doctor's practice yeah. so that, so there was a as ever there was a there was a client need uh, and and Steve had the foresight and the uh, the, the guys like Peter Walpole and the uh, insurance law committee at the time in Guernsey uh, saw the uh, the way to realize that vision that Steve had and that brought about the statute uh, and PCC framework in 1997. So, Caroline, unlike Steve, you weren't at the department uh, in 1997, but I believe you've been doing some rummaging and digging around some notes and, and talking to some people and doing some research for us, which we greatly appreciate. What was the GFSC position on this innovation and what needs to be discussed or actioned by the regulator at the time? Well, as Paul mentioned, um, Steve Butterworth was really one of the driving forces behind this legislation. So from a regulatory perspective, we were on board with it very much. He had had the idea floating around for some time and needed to find a way to, to formalise that. I think the sort of uses he was envisaging for it at the time were not only formalising the, the sort of renter captive structure, but also for membership associations, for global conglomerates to use to maybe split their risk up into different cells, either globally or sectorally. He also envisaged a use uh, in the life insurance space, whereby individuals would have their own sell um, for their life insurance assets and also um, for the use in alternative risk transformers such as transformer vehicles and really what the what the commission then had to look at was what were going to be the regulatory issues surrounding that in terms of how would we apply solvency rules what would we look at in terms of fit and proper requirements that we were already used to in in the space of of captives other areas such as how would we how would these be accounted for how would the reporting work and so there were lots of regulatory issues to be to be sorted out before the, the legislation could be put into practice really Paul, we mentioned there, both you and Caroline mentioned there a couple of examples of, of drivers and, and visions of how PCCs would be used from the from the outset. How have you seen the use of PCCs change over the past 25 years in, in relation to captive type uses? Has it been as envisioned, do you think, by Steve and others at the time? Well, so there were certainly examples of those uses that, uh, that Caroline just outlined. You know, I can, we, t- Today, we've still got a, a very significant life insurer that... Uh, where high net worth uh, clients, policyholders, again, don't want to commingle their assets with others. They, they use the PCC. So many of those uses were ver- very much brought into being, it has to be said, in line with Steve's vision. I think to try try to probably put a, an overarching theme on what PCCs have helped 
the industry to achieve, they've really brought capital and risk together. And they did that in a number of ways. And, and, and being frank, actually, what we thought originally would be that the, the protected cell company would be used as captive light or a low-cost captive, low-cost alternative risk transfer, as it used to be called ART in the day. Of course, from these days, captives are very much mainstream and conventional, but 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't the case. So they, it's all about bringing capital and risk together. Uh, a number of ways that, that that could be done, of course, mini captives was one use, or risk retention, but we saw a massive demand for fronting, and that gave a, a big rise to growth of PCCs in Gibraltar at the time under the EU passport it had, subsequently followed by Malta. And uh, we also saw the access to, to the markets, the financial markets, the, first of all the reinsurance markets because it was the case that you could get better pricing if you went straight to the reinsurance market than you could going through the direct and, and retail market. Um, so th we then saw um, the use of uh, the cells being used as SPVs in order to access financial institutions and, and uh, an alternative capital flows and collateralised reinsurance became very much, I suppose, post-financial crisis, a big driver for cell use as, as there was the hunt for yield in a sort of benign interest rate environment. So, Kate, from a legal perspective then, how have you seen the, the PCC landscape evolve in Guernsey? Because you're involved in all different kinds of structures and transactions which you make use of PCCs. Yeah, exactly. Well, the legal structure has changed very little over the 25 years because it, you know, it's a very robust framework to start off with. There have been a few changes around circumstances where you can have recourse to the core assets of the structure but apart from that it's it's remained the same but it's such an adaptable structure and flexible structure that it can be used for any lines of business and so its uses have changed with the evolving risks in the insurance market um, and Caroline's mentioned some of those um, so it's 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 obviously started off with captives, basic captives, um, but it can be used across ILS, uh, transformer vehicles. It's used widely in the investment fund industry um, and so therefore can be used for uh, another concept that Guernsey pioneered, the hybrid investment fund and insurance structure, which we brought in in 2019. So there's no limit to the uses. You can have life business and general business within the same PCC as long as it's within different cells. So it's, it's a really flexible structure. And, and Caroline, as we've touched upon, you know, PCCs haven't only been used for captive structures or captive structures as we know them. So what non-captive uses have you come across as the regulator? Well, I suppose most recently what we're seeing is a lot of use in the um, de-risking of pension schemes, so longevity swaps and those kind of deals where the, the pension trustees are, are seeking access to reinsurance markets. Um, and Guernsey has, has been at the forefront, I guess, of some of those deals. Um, as Kate says, we still see a lot of use in the life space, ILS. And also, I think what, what perhaps we didn't expect initially was that we've seen them used in some small commercial niche insurance products as a opposed to the, the pure captive. And of course, we were not talking about it specifically in this episode, but of course, we also had the ICC innovation, which of course have also been used for pension longevity transactions and they're a further evolution, I guess, of PCCs, although now a, a separate entity or separate product. Kate, why have PCCs then proved so flexible in regards to being a kind of used for a variety of, of different transactions? 
Uh, because you can use them whenever you want to segregate assets and liabilities into different portfolios within the same legal entity. So you've got the the administrative and cost benefits of using the same legal entity, but the ability to legally segregate assets and liabilities so that creditors of one cell can't have recourse to the assets of another cell. Um, so you've got that bankruptcy remoteness that you don't have in a non-cellular company or where you just had simply different share classes. The the, the different cells have that uh, legal segregation by law. It's a robust framework that can be used whenever you want to have different portfolios, so different lines of business. Um, you can have different cell owners or you could have the whole structure owned by the same cell owner and doing different lines of business out of the structure. So it's, it's just a really flexible, adaptable structure. And I think there's probably, of course, uh, PCCs are incredibly well utilised here in Guernsey. I'm not sure what the exact number is. I'm not going to ask Caroline for it, but hundreds and hundreds of individual cells for sure in Guernsey. But I think there's probably no greater signal of PCC concept success than the fact it has been replicated all around the world in in jurisdictions from you know, Labuan to a degree to Bermuda, Cayman. Many, many US states have some kind of um, cell captive legislation and framework in place. So Kate, how, have you noticed any kind of significant variations or or differences in the in the legal frameworks of uh, cells or, or sponsored captors, as they're sometimes called. Well, all the other jurisdictions basically used our concept and, and framework. Uh, sometimes they they call instead of protected cells, it's called segregated portfolios in Cayman or segregated accounts in Bermuda. But they're all essentially doing the same thing. Um, so, and now we even have the UK that's brought in yep. there model of the PCC again based on Guernsey's concept and framework yeah it is I, I often lose track um, I used to be able to roll all, all those different names off the tongue of all the different jurisdictions and of course there's even variations on the ICCs as well uh, around the world Caroline the cell concept seems to have been particularly popular and, and well utilized um, during this hard market hard insurance market of the last three and a bit years and has been definitely further strengthened by the uh, pre-authorization scheme that we discussed on the podcast last year uh, what are your observations then as, as a regulator of how that pre-authorization scheme has been working in practice in practice um, feedback from industry says that it's been very well received um, we did the pilot of course during 2021 and then made the, the scheme permanent um, at the start of this year so really we've I guess we've seen it go from strength to strength and certainly um, in terms of applications we're seeing numbers still still using it it's really only for captives and aimed at captives and uh, particularly as you've mentioned in this hard market uh, particularly with professional indemnity insurance we're seeing um, a lot of the cells have been set up for that purpose where people are struggling at quite short notice to, to get the cover that they need and so I think it's, it's been really useful in that respect and, and certainly uh, feedback from industry has been that um, that's kind of filled an identified need that, that we had uh, for them to be able to get to market quickly. And I guess that's a nice you know, nice demonstration of, of how the PCC has evolved but has always been used to meet a market need You know, from the PCC's beginning in 1997 to introduction of the pre-authorisation scheme in 2021. Um, Paul and Kate, just to finish then, we discussed at the beginning what kind of the original vision was for how PCCs might be used. And of course, that has evolved greatly over the last 20, 
five years it's very hard to get a crystal ball out and and work out what's coming next or what the users might be next but paul any ideas of what the future might look like for pccs can you see other utilizations coming to the fore are you starting to hear different ideas i think there's already some pretty innovative uses taking place and uh, if we think of the the recent uh, examples the ICs uh, in, in the case of the volcano bond which was probably the first example of cells being used by the Danish Red Cross in this example uh, to provide humanitarian aid uh, accessing the financial markets uh, in the event that uh, a number of volcanoes were to erupt then the uh, the policy would pay to be able to help the Red Cross bring relief to those affected communities in the in the event of that uh, that catastrophe so seeing cells being used for ESG purposes is um, something of a, a revelation particularly perhaps with the the direction of traffic on, around ESG there's the future holds a lot of potential there we might we might think I go to another example again this was an incorporated cell but uh, this was uh, again on that theme that I talked about bringing risk and capital together I've got a bit Churchillian about it at the time and said it was uh, the finest hour for White Rock but this was the Lloyd's Central Fund what bigger name in the in the insurance world is there than the Lloyd's Central Fund that used a White Rock cell in, in Guernsey to access uh, capital finance from uh, well, loan finance from JP Morgan so uh, there's 450 million of loan finance arranged to protect the central fund that itself uh, was, was a significant uh, endowment for the, the cell structure and of course as Kate said uh, the PCC structure has been taken on in uh, in London now but uh, so it's certainly got credibility when the biggest uh, investment banks in the world w- would happily deploy cells in, in Guernsey as they did in that transaction for Constellation IC as it was called uh, so the future I see more and more f- uh, capital flows and forms of uh, funding going running through cells but also um, the the use in, uh, in in conventional risk transfer maybe we'll see used for employee benefits we might see special purposes with orphan cells perhaps we might see mutualization using the cell structure which i think is as is yet an untapped area but uh, well mutualization is definitely a hot topic in europe right now because we know there's been a cyber mutual being set up by about five or six very large multinationals because they're struggling with with their cyber coverage so be interesting to see if, if cells are used in kind of mutualization structures um and you know one thing i've been desperate to hear about more is actually when you do have a multinational kind of traditional captive user using a PCC to separate different buckets of their risk. It's still w- one thing I'm missing from my Global Captive Podcast interviews is, is getting a multinational on to talk about how they use a PCC rather than a standalone pure captive. Uh, Kate, lastly from you, and obviously as we said before, you definitely see uses of PCCs across the spectrum, not just traditional captive uses. So any interesting ideas or, or direction of travel you think they might be going in? Well, I think probably in the, in the growth areas that Guernsey's seeing, obviously, um, Caroline's talked about the longevity risk transfer. So I'm working on a, a PCC structure at the moment that's looking to do a full buy-in on the longevity side. So that, that would take in longevity, uh, inflation and investment risk, not just the, the pure longevity swap. So um, that can be done in Guernsey using a PCC structure. And I think, um, as Paul was saying about alternative financing, and use in sustainable finance. Guernsey can and has done cap bond 
issuances and I think there could be uh, a lot more use uh, in sustainable finance and cap bond issuances in Guernsey. Well, thank you to Paul, Caroline and Kate for a really good summary of the 25 years of utilisation and evolution of protected cell companies in Guernsey. If you would like more information on the jurisdiction and We Are Guernsey and the Guernsey International Insurance Association, then do visit the globalcaptivepodcast.com website and their friend of the podcast page. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well and see you next time, captives. Captives.